Starting here, five lines down on the top of Lamed Gimel Lamed Aleph. The Gemara here is continuing to discuss what are the Midah, connected Midah punishments for certain sins. It's fairly similar to what is found in the Mishnayot and Avot also, which discuss these types of issues and the punishments that follow. So we finished off with yesterday, Bavon Gazel. And now we're getting with Bavon Inuya Din. And Inuya Din, as Rashi describes, is Shemachrim Edayim Ledono. They delay in bringing judgment, but not for purposes of heaven, meaning that they are after they know what the outcome is, after they know how to adjudicate it, they still don't give the final decision, even though they have the ability to do so, and they're not just delaying it in order to look into it more deeply, or to discuss it more, they're simply delaying it. Perversion of the Din of the justice. Bikul kul hadin. They didn't judge with patience, looking into it carefully. They just rushed to conclusions. Ubitul Torah. And the lack of study of Torah, or not using one's time properly for Torah. Cherev. Ubizaraba. Bedever. Ubitzoret ba. So these are the things that will come up because of that. Cherev is obviously the sword. Bizaraba, there will be lots of plundering. Bedever, there will be plague. And then there will be Batsoret. There'll be famine. People eat, and they're not satisfied. So not only is there famine, or drought, but even when they get food, and when they eat it, it's not satisfying. They eat food in measurements, meaning that they get it in small quantities. So they bring again from the Tokucha in Sefer Vayikra. That's number one. is the sword that takes retribution for the Brit. What's the Brit? Vein Brit. Ela Torah. Breed is a reference to the Rosh and Emar. In Bobriti, Yomam Velayela, Kod Shemayim Varetz Lo Samti. Breed of Yomam Velayela wasn't for the Torah, then the world wouldn't have been created. Nature would not continue as it is. Uchtiv. And then again, in the Tochacha, in Vayikra, it says, V'shibi Lachem Matei Lechem. Fuenesir Nashim. Again, then, I will bring down upon you the Shivrei Lechem. You'll be broken, mean there won't be any food. And then, Eser Nashim will bake or cook Within one oven. That's how scarce the food will be. Uchtiv, why will all this happen? Because they were mo'es, rejected my mishpat, my laws. And the laws here referring to the laws of how to adjudicate cases, how to treat justice properly. And since they rejected, denigrated the justice system, then they result in these punishments, which again are, we have the, the kambrit, which is the cherev, the sword that comes from Bittu Torah, and the famine, the lack of food, and that they have to bake in such small quantities that they're doing ten people together, that all comes about from the perversion of justice. So because of the sin of Shvat Shav, Rashi describes Shvat Shav as a Shvat that's completely unnecessary, something that's clear that what you're saying is untrue. Shvat Sheker is a Shvat where you lie, it's unclear as to whether you're telling the truth or not, but you're lying in order to present as if what you're saying is true. Chilul Hashem, definition of Rashi is unbelievable. Adam Gadol, B'nai Adam, L'meidim Emenu. It's nothing about a great person or a person of stature who people learn from. And he's not careful how he acts. And therefore people are going to come to emulate him. They're going to say, if this person who is a person of stature, a big person, doesn't think this is important then certainly we don't have to think it's important. Or we don't have to do the mitzvot. We don't have to keep the Torah. Very similar to the Gemara in the end of Yoma. Where in the end of Yoma talks about this idea of Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem resulting from 
the way people act and conduct themselves. Not necessarily what we think as the classic sense of Chilul Hashem. Chilul Shabbat and the desecration of Shabbat. Chaya Ra'a Raba Ubehema Kala Ubne Adam Mitmatim Vedachrim Mishtomimim. So then we get lots of wild animals. Behema Kala, the domesticated animals go to waste, get destroyed. Bne Adam Mitmatim, there are fewer and fewer people present. Vedrachim Mishtomimim. And therefore the roadways are destroyed or empty because there's no passerbys anymore. Shinema. Vim Be'ela Lotavasruli. Again, continuing from the Tokucha in Sefer Vayikra, which is if you don't pay attention after all this, not with these, with the oath, with the curse. So that's referring to a shvuachav. If you do not handle the shvuot properly, then this is what will happen to you. And then it says after that, I'll bring upon you the wild animals. That's about false swearing falsely. Because if you do swear falsely in my name, then you will profane the name of God. It will be a Chilul Hashem. Do not desecrate, do not make profane my holy name. It says by Shabbat, that those that profane the Shabbat will be put to death. Ve'yalif chilu chilu mishvat sheker, and then we'll learn chilu chilu from shvat sheker. So we already saw in the Tochacha that in be'alah, that if you do things that are wrong with the shvuah, this is what happened to you. Then we connect the other items through the word chilu. Just like by Shvat Sheker, we have Chilul. By Chilul Hashem, we have the word Chilul. By Chilul Shabbat, we have the word Chilul. Then we have a Xerah Shavah that brings all three of them together. It says the punishment will be the same for all of these items, which is that the Chayat HaSadeh will come. The wild animals will overtake. They'll wipe out the domesticated animals. They'll wipe out the Yishuv. And then the place will be left desolate and the roads will be destroyed. The sin of spilling of the blood, killing. Then the Beit HaMikdash is destroyed. And the Shechina leaves Klai Yisroshin So there in Bamidbar, at the end of Sefer Bamidbar, it's talking about murderers. And we're about going to Ir Miklat. And if they do it may that they have to be put to death. And there it says one may not overlook this issue, may not take kofar payment for these issues. Lotachnifu, do not show favor to these individuals. Do not allow the land to become defiled by these murderers. That I dwell amongst it. Ha, the inference from that would be. If you don't take care of these issues, and you don't punish those that are murderers, then you will defile it, and you no longer be able to live in it. I also will not be present there. It's inferring from the statement, which was written in a negative, and a double negative, which is, do not defile the land, because that way I can stay around. But implying that if you do defile the land, then obviously the Shekhinah will not be present and you will not be able to stay on the land. So in the remaining, we did one of the cardinal sins, which is Shvichat Damim. So Shvichat Damim causes Shekhinah to mistake the presence of Hashem to leave, as well as you to be thrown off the land. And then we have Avon Gilui Arayot, which are the other two cardinal sins. And then Shmatat Shmitim Biovlot, not keeping Shmitan Yovel, Galut Baleolam.
That brings galut. Not only did they put into galut, but others will come and settle land in their place. So here at the peak of what we're discussing, we have the three items that Chazal claimed was the Churban Abayit Rishon, as well as the Galut Abayit Rishon, which is the three cardinal sins, as well as the Shemitim and Yovlot, which we know that the 70 years in Bavel correspond to the amount of Shemitim and Yovlot they did not keep when they were in Eretz Yisrael. These are the abominable things that those that lived in the land did. That when the land becomes defiled, then I will bring its sin upon it. What does that mean? That the land will not kick you out when you defile it. So by the issues of Arayot and Vodak Kochavim that are found in Parshat Achremot and Gdoshim, over there it says, do not do like they have done to defile it, because when they defile it, they get thrown out. So if you emulate their ways, the ways of the Knanim that did this before you, then it will not be thrown out because you did not defile it. Implying that if you do defile it, you'll be thrown out. So they quote the Pasuk that says, I will put your corpses lying there on top of the Mizbechod, and I will destroy your Mikdash, and I will disperse you amongst the nations. The land will then take its rest all those years that it lays desolate. But then, and you are in the land of your enemies. All those years that it's in desolation, Tishbot, it will be, Tishbot over here can come, come in two means. And Tishbot can be that it will be left desolate, it will rest. But also Tishbot means because be shaved, it will be settled by others. That's maybe why Chazal over here was suggesting that others will come in your place, with your screaming command. With speaking improperly, with Nivol Hapeh as we know it. Using obscenities. Using improper speech, filing one's mouth in the way that they speak. Tzarot Rabot. Uvzerot Kashot Mitchachot. First of all, there's bad things are going to happen, and there will be terrible decrees that are renewed. And the young of the enemies of Israel will die. This is a lashon saginor, which obviously means the young of Bnei Israel will die. Those that are orphaned and widowed will cry out, and nobody answers them. Shneimar says in the pasuk in Yeshayahu. Because Hashem will not be rejoicing or happy over his young ones. And those that are orphaned and widowed, he will have no mercy. Because it has come upon, what has happened here is the chanef umeira. Those that are hypocritical, those that do evil. And every mouth speaks obscenities, abominations, disgusting things come out of the mouth. Chozot, Ushavapo. With all that, Hashem's anger is not subsided. Va'od yadoni tuya. And his arm is still outstretched. My va'od yadoni tuya. What does it mean that his arm is still outstretched? If his anger hasn't subsided, obviously his arm is outstretched, he's still angry. Everybody knows why. When a woman gets married, when a couple is getting married at their wedding, why they're getting together? I'll call him an Abel Piv. A person who says what's going to happen or describes it. Even if he has a positive decree for 70 years, 
Hochvim alav lira'a. They change it over, flip it, lira'a to the negative. If you look in Rashi, it says, that od yadon means not only will Hashem be angry, but He'll be angry the rest of your life. That's what means yadon What's the normal lifespan of an individual? That is 70 years. So the din will be placed in the person for 70 years. And that's what the member of Chazal just said, that if you speak about inappropriate items, you use nivel then even if you have a positive degree for 70 years, meaning that the lifetime of the individual is supposed to be positive, it'll be changed to a gzardin lira'a. Anybody who uses Nivela Peh, they deepen Gehenom for him. Shneamar says there, Shucha Muka Pizarot. The deep pit is prepared for those mouths that speak. Here, Zarot means strangeness, but Zarot means inappropriate items. Nivelot, the same way. That's not only the punishment for those that speak it, but all those that hear it and are silent. Shneamar, it's the next, it's the latter half of the Pasuk. It's the second half of the Pasuk we just quoted, quoted from Mishlei. Zeum Hashem Ipal Sham. So the anger of Hashem will fall there. And the word the Za'am over here, called Yoshevet Slova Shomea, Rashi says, Koroi Za'amo Shalakarish Baruch. Those that sit by idly and listen to what's going on and do not object, are called the anger of Hashem. Anybody who, Mimarek, usually means to cleanse oneself. But it means that he takes all of his efforts and all of his focus to do an Avera. Then Chaburot Upsayim Yotzimbo. Then bruises and wounds will appear on him. Shnemar. Chaburot Petza Tamruk Vira. That bruises, wounds will appear, cleanse those that are steeped in evil. He also has this disease of Hadroken. And the continuation of the Pasuk that we just read is that they will take wounds or hits of Hadre Button, that which is hidden in the stomach, in the side of the individual, which is this Hadroken, which is a intestinal disease, something that is has to do with the digestive system. Someone who has a droken, it's a sign that they've done something wrong, because we see here that a droken is associated with an avera. There are three types of hadroken. The one that is caused by sin is thick. Thick this means that there's swelling through the skin and the flesh. Shalav. Hadroken also comes from famine. That's tfoach. That is that the swelling happens between the skin and the flesh. The skin swells, but the flesh remains down. We show kishafim. It's also hadroken caused by sorcery, witchcraft. That's duck. That's where the skin is very weak and thin and seems almost see-through. Shmuel katan chashbe. Shmuel katan came down with this hadroken. Amar ribono shalom. Mime peace. Who is going to look into this to determine why I got hadroken? They're just going to assume that I did something wrong. That's why I got it. It's a, and therefore Hashem cured him so that there wouldn't be any suspicions about why he had hadroken. Bayi chashbe, bayi came down or contracted this hadroken. Amarova yedanabe benachmani demichven nafshe. Nachmani being the nickname for Abaye. I know that Abaye fasts and leaves himself in a famine, and the reason he has hadroken is because he doesn't eat. Rabbi chashbe. Rabbi himself got it. Rabbi himself got it. 
Didn't Rava say that there are more people who die from Hadrokin because they do not relieve themselves in the bathroom that those contracted because of famine. So Rava basically said that he thinks it's preventable, that a drogan was caused by an individual not relieving themselves, not going to the bathroom. So if that was the case, how did Rava contract this hadrokin? It sounds like that he didn't heed his own advice. So shiny Rava, the ansele rabbanan bidanei balkorche, that Rava was under pressure from his students to continue to teach those that came to learn with him, and they didn't let him leave. They didn't really give him the opportunity to go to the bathroom. And therefore, he was forced into a situation where he couldn't relieve himself when he wanted to. And because of that, he contracted Hadrokin, even though he knew that that was the outcome of such behavior. There are four signs. Siman Hadrokin. The sign for sin is this Hadrokin. Siman Sinat Chinam Yirakon. The sign for baseless hatred, as we saw before, we defined that yesterday, is Yirakon, it's some sort of jaundice. Siman Gasut Ruach is Anyut. Sign for haughtiness is poverty. Siman Gasut Ruach, on the Gemara Kedushin, Rashi brings, Fresh May Anyut, Anyut to Torah. So it's not poverty in the sense of wealth and money, but poverty in the sense of Torah. That Torah and Gasut Ruach are mutually exclusive. Siman Lashonara Askara. And Siman for speaking evilly is Askara. Askara is some disease that the Gemara describes as asphyxiation. It causes one to lose the ability to breathe. It is described in different places, uh, sometimes as diphtheria. Others disagree and say that it's not diphtheria, it's some sort of other disease that causes asphyxiation. We just know that the Gemara in Brachot that we saw, it says that there are many, many deaths. And the worst death of all is this Askara. You see that the worst death is associated with Lashon Ara. These items, you see that they place as the worst of the Averot. This Askara comes to the world Alamaser. The lack of giving maser. Belaz of Rabbi Yosimer, Alashonara. Comes from Alashonara, which like we just said in the four simanim. Amrav Avitema Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Maikura. What's the pasuk that teaches us this? Pasuk in Tilim. Some Gemaras have Pegimel, Tzamach Gimel, Vet. Vamelech Yismach Belukim. Italel Kola Nishbabo. Ki Yisacher Pi Dovrei Sheker. So the king that God will rejoice in, Italel Babo, will praise all those that swear in the name of Hashem properly. Kisacher pi, Kisacher means to plug the mouth, Dovrei Sheker, he plugs the mouth of those that speak falsely. The Dovrei Sheker are those that are silenced, and those that take oaths or swear in the name of Hashem properly, that is positive. That is the punishment of Askara comes to those that Kisacher pi, Dovrei Sheker. So the Bhagavan here is breaking it down and reparsing the puzzle to say Yisharpi. It will be closed up. The throat or the mouth will be sealed by Dovrei Sheker, those that speak falsely. I just note here, interestingly enough, which is that in general, Lashon Ara is not considered to be Dovrei Sheker. It's not people who speak falsely. So generally, the Gemara's definition of Lashon Ara is those that speak evilly. Evilly meaning that they speak the truth. They disclose information that shouldn't be. It's supposed to Motsi Shemra, which is defamation, which is speaking falsely about the individual. And over here, the Gemara brings a pasuk about Dovrei Sheker to prove something about Lashon Ara, not about Motsi Shemra. It might be here that... Right, so that's what I was going to suggest, that here the Gemara is viewing them as a, a single unit, using your speech for the wrong thing. And therefore, Dovrei Sheker will include both Motsi Shemra and Lashon Ara. Ibailu, Rabbi Elozeb, Rabbi Yossi, Lashon Ara Kamar. When Rabbi Elozeb, Rabbi Yossi says that it comes from Lashon Ara, Odilma Afa Lashon Ara Nami Kamar. 
When he added on Lashonara, did he mean Maser, it comes from Maser too, the Askara, and also on Lashonara, or do you mean exclusively Lashonara, and not Maser? When the Rabbanan went into Karim Biyavna, it was called the vineyard because of the way they were seated in Yavna, they sat in semicircles, row after row. Hayasham Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda Barilai, Rabbi Lozab, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon Bayuchai. There were three of them there. This question was posed before them. This affliction of Askara, why does it begin in the intestines, in the internal organs, and then move up to the mouth? In that asphyxiation that happens at the end, why does it happen in that manner? So first, respond to Rabbi Yudu Ba'alai, who is the one to speak first in all situations. The Gemara in a second will ask why he is the one to speak first in all situations. Even though the kidneys give advice, that was the belief of Chazal, that the kidneys were the center of advice, and the heart understands, and the tongue articulates, the lips or the mouth is what finishes it off. And therefore, the punishment ends with the mouth. It starts from internally, all the organs internally, down by the kidneys, and then moves up, slowly up to the point where it reaches the peh. Nene, Rabbi Elozeb, Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Elozeb, Rabbi Yossi, the one who we saw before, we're trying to determine what his thoughts are. Because they eat items that are tamei. They eat items that are not... Prepared properly, which is that they don't take off Shumoto Masrot. Because we know what's the punishment for eating Tevel. Things that don't have Shuma taken off of it is Mita Bidei Shamayim. This is a Mita Bidei Shamayim. That wouldn't be true. Tevarim Tmeim, punishment of Malkot. It's not a punishment of Mita Bidei Shamayim. Therefore, it must be that he's talking about Tevarim Shemim Tukanim. From that we see that Rabbi Lozib Rabbi Yossi thinks that this is a punishment for Askra is the punishment for Maaser and Trumot that weren't taken out for Tevel. Nene Rabbi Shimon, Vamar Ravon Bitul Torah. Shimba Yochai says it's the issue of Bitul Torah, which is interesting because in yesterday's daf, if you remember the discussion over there, why do the young children die? So there we said, Bavon Didarim. That's what Rabbi said. Then later on he said it was for Bitul Torah. And then Rabbi Lozab, Rabbi Shimon, this is Rabbi Shimba Yochai's son, Rabbi Lozab said, no, 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 it's for Avon Nidarim. And Rabbi then changes his mind to follow his Rabbi and say that it is Bavon Nidarim. Over here, Rabbi Shimon Yochai says, the punishment for Bitul Torah is Askara, not the loss of the young children. So Amrlo, Nashim Yochicho. Shimba Yochai, you can't be right. Because women die from Askara. And they all have a din in Limuda Torah. They're not obligated in Limuda Torah. Shemivatvot and Balehen. You're right. They themselves are not, but they can facilitate learning through their husbands. And if they don't facilitate it, or they are impediments to their husbands' learning, they can cause Bitul Torah as well. Nachrim Yochichu. What about non-Jews? They die from Askara as well. They don't have any din in Bitul Torah. Shemivatlin et Yisrael. But they do something that causes Bitul Torah amongst Klal Yisrael. Make demands on them. They impose certain restrictions on them, so they can also be partners to Bittul Torah. Tinokot yochichu. What about children? Young children should prove it because they don't have a din in Bittul Torah because they aren't chayavim yet. They cause their fathers not to be able to learn. They make demands on their parents so that their father cannot learn. Tinokot shabet rabban yochichu. 
What about the children that are learning in the cheder? They're learning in school. They are not to anybody else. And they themselves are even learning Torah. Hatam kid Rabbi Gurion. That reason that they die has nothing to do with Bittu Torah. That has to do with Rabbi Gurion. Dama Rabbi Gurion. Vitaim Rabbi Yosef Brei Deshmaya. Bizman Shatzadikim Bador. Tzadikim Nipasim Alador. When there are great leaders of the generation, Tzadikim of the generation, then if the generation does not act appropriately, Tzadikim are taken away. Ain Tzadikim Bador. If there are no righteous, there are no leaders in the generation, then Tinokot Shobet Rabban Nipasim Alador. Then instead of that, are taken the young children who are learning Torah. They're taken away to pay for the sins of the generation. So before, there is, you can see here on the side of the Surah Shas, adds in a pasuk. How do we know that the leaders of the generation are taken on the sin? It says, Umi magdashai techelu. That I will take for mekudashai techelu. From those that are holy, I will begin. So then the Gemara says, how do I know that's true? What's the pasuk that the young children in the cheder are taken for the sins of the door? It says, from Shira Shrim. If I can't, if I don't know, if I don't know that you are the most beautiful of women, then go out and see Go out and take the ikev, the heels of the tzom. As Rashi explains, If you don't know to keep my mitzvot, you better start asking for forgiveness and mercy for the heels, the legs of the tzom, who are the avot harishonim. They're the pillars upon which we stand. And they will protect your gdim. Gdim are the young goats, which are your tino goats. They will protect them. So, you do not follow the ways of Hashem, then... You better invoke the Zchut Avot, because if you don't invoke the Zchut Avot, you will not be able to graze your Gideotayach, your young goats. And that's the conclusion of this. These are the Gideim, who are taken as collateral for the shepherds, the shepherds being the leaders. And because they sinned, what's taken away from them, the Mashkon that's given to them, which is the children who are given to them as gifts from Hashem, they'll be taken back in order to improve their behavior. Shmamina, from this you can conclude that when Rabbi, Luz, Rabbi, Rabbi Yossi said, Lashonara, he meant, Af Because over here we see in this gathering in Karen Biavna, he said the reason for Askira is lack of giving Chumot Masrot, it's eating Tevel. Whereas before when we had the discussion, he said it was Lashonara. So they're not then exclusive, but Lashonara means Af Lashonara, also Lashonara. So Askira comes both for Maser, and for Lashon Hara. Now the Gemara asks, Why is Rabbi Yudah Barabi Lai called the first speaker in all place? The Gemara is about to bring them one of the most famous stories in Shas, a story of Rabbi Shimon Yochai and his son Rabbi Lazar. Diyadve Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon. So you have Rabbi Yudah Barabi Lai, Rabbi Yossi, and Rabbi Shimon Yochai. Diyadve Yehuda Ben Girim Gabayu. And Yehuda ben Gerim sat with them. Over here, our Gemara has the Girsa, it's Yehuda ben Gerim. The Rabbeinu Tam says that the Girsa should be Rabbi Yehuda ben Gerim. That he was a Gavarabba, and that he was a, an important person. He's not just a regular individual, Yehuda ben Gerim, but he was Rabbi Yehuda ben Gerim. Patach Rabbi Yehuda Vamar Kama Naim Masehem Shel Umazu. How wonderful are the actions of this nation referring to Rome. 
Tiknu Shvakim, they put in marketplaces. Tiknu Gisharim, they put in bridges. Tiknu Merchatzot, they put in bathhouses. They provided civil works, basically. They provided for people, they took care of them. Rabbi Yossi Shatak, Rabbi Yossi was silent. Nene, Rabbi Shimba Yochai, Rabbi Shimba Yochai spoke up and objected, Amar. Everything they did was for their own benefit. They put in place marketplaces in order to have locations for the harlots to sit out. They put in bathhouses to pamper themselves. Kisharim, we told Mehem Meches, put up bridges to collect taxes. He says that all the items are not put up for the benefit of the Glau, of the people as a whole. They put them up for their own benefit. They're not doing this to help out B'nai Israel, to help out the general populace. They do this because self-interest. They're selfish and this is what they want them for. What's interesting here is that the Gemara in Avodah Zarah, Gemara and Dav Bet, uh, starts at the bottom of Bet, unto Dav Bet and with Bet in Avodah Zarah, discusses Latid Laval, that the nations will come before Kaddish Baruch Hu, Hashem will say, whoever learned Torah should come and collect their schar. And so Rome shows up to collect their schar and says, look what we did for B'nai Israel. Look how we facilitated goodness amongst Klai Israel. We put up, and they say exactly this. We put up Shvakim, we put up Shereem, we put up Merchat Tzahot. We did all of these items to benefit Klai Israel. And there Hashem answers them that you didn't do this to benefit Klai Israel. You did it for yourselves. So what's interesting here is that we have a machlok between Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and Rabbi Yehuda. We also know here in the Gemara and Shabbat, we have a machlok between Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and Rabbi Yehuda about the issues of Shabbat and it truly issues throughout Shas, which is whether a person's thoughts matter. Rabbi Shimon is of the opinion that Dabr Shein is patur. What you're thinking matters. Rabbi Yehuda believes that it doesn't matter what you're thinking, it's the masseh, the action that matters. Therefore, if you do a malacha on Shabbat, according to Rabbi Yehuda, you're in violation of Shabbat, even though you didn't intend for that malacha. Even though it wasn't the same way that it was done in the Mishkan. But if you do the malacha, you're held accountable, because you did the action. Shimon Yochai says, we follow what you're thinking. Even though you've done the action, what's more important is the way you think about it. So what's interesting here is that their opinions about Rome correlate with their opinions in the Gemara and Shabbat. Behuda says they put out, they did all these public works, they did all these good things. Yes, they do it for their own benefit. Yes, it was out of self-interest. But in the end, they did what was right. Everybody benefited from them. They put out roads, they put out bridges, they put out Shvakim, they made it plentiful for B'nai Israel, even though that wasn't necessarily their intent. So I think that that would be how I would describe Rabbi Yudah's position, Rabbi Yudah's position is, despite the self-interest, despite the ulterior motives, in the end, they provided for Eklal Yisrael, and the action is what matters. Shimon Yochai, the Shitato, believes that it matters what you're thinking. Yes, if you do the right thing for the wrong reason, it's wrong. Just like on Shabbat, if you do the Malocha for the wrong reason, or you don't focus on the Malocha, it's not a Malocha. Both on the negative side, but also on the positive side. When you do something positive, and that's not your intent, we're not going to count it on your slate. That's what Rishim Yochai says over here, that their self-interest is what governs how we view what they did here. Yes, people benefit from it. Yes, their actions were good. But we know what their intent is. And intent is what governs according to Rabbi Shimon. So we see them being consistent, the shitatam, about how they view a certain action. Right, so Rabbi Shimon Yochai sees it as a, the self-interest. The toll is not simply to pay for the bridge. The toll was to enrich themselves. It wasn't like we think today of tolls that are public works, that they are reinvested in the public, that the tolls were put there for the lining their own pockets, not to reinvest in the people. So that would be explained their difference, and that's why the Gemara Navodah Zarah, 
which is Latin Lava, when Hashem does it, there, the only thing that matters is, like Rabbi Shimon Yochai says, the Kavana. That's why there, the Gemara seems to be, and Kodesh Baruch seems to be following the position of Rabbi Shimon Yochai. So this Yehud, Allah Yehud ben Gerim, Sipir Divrehem. Yehud ben Gerim went in and then told over the conversation that transpired here. Now what happened, according to Rashi, was that this was an innocent mistake. Yehud ben Gerim, who is Ben Ger it was a child of converts, and he went the Talmidav, or the Aviv, he so poked this over to his students, or to his parents. He wasn't intending that it get past the Machot, but it still ended up getting there. For whatever reason, if he had non-Jewish relatives, he had relatives that were close to the king, for whatever reason, his repeating of what transpired here ended up in reaching the authorities. But that was not necessarily his intent in it reaching the authorities. So then, once he reached the authorities, Amru Yudash Ilah, it Allah. Yuda, Bari Rabbi Yudah Bari who praised and elevated Rome, it Allah. He will be elevated. That's what it means. Roshim and Makom. He was granted the position to be the first speaker by Rome in every location because of this. Yossi Shishatak. Yossi was silent. He'll be sent to Galut up to the north. It was a major city in the north at the time of the Tanaim. He was sent up there into Galut. Shimon Shigina Yereg. And Shimon, who denigrated Rome, he'll be put to death. Azalhu Bray Tashu Bey Midrasha. So he and his son went and they hid out in the Bey Midrash. Koyoma Avamaitilhu Dibitu Rifta Bekuza Demaya Bekrache. So every day his wife brought him food, bread, a jug of water. She provided them with their sustenance. Remember, the Beit Midrash in their day was out in the fields. It's not in the city. So they were hiding out in the fields in the Beit Midrash. And they were provided by their wives. Kitakif Kizerta. When the decrees were then imposed strongly, harshly, they were more intent on finding Rabshim by Yochai. Then, Amrlei Lebrei Nashim Tatan Kala Alehen. Women will spill the beans easily. They can be, whether it's tricked, coerced, forced into disclosing our location. Maybe they will exert pressure on her and she will divulge our location. So they ran away without telling his wife. He didn't tell her that he left. They ran away and hid out in a cave. A miracle happened. Inside the cave came a carob tree and a spring of water. They used to strip themselves down, take off their clothes. And they would sit up to their neck in sand every day. So then they would say in order to learn Torah. Because you can't see your erva, they couldn't be exposed to learn Torah. So they buried themselves up to their necks in sand in order to be their clothing, quote-unquote. Their clothing themselves, they didn't do that because they were afraid over the years their clothing would wear down and they had nothing to replace it with. Bidan sluye labshu. So then when they went to Davin, they would get dressed. Michsu matsu. They would cover themselves in Davin. Then v'hadr mishalchem enayu. And then they would strip down again after they dive and go back to learning, so that their clothing would not wear down. Now, the difficulty with this is that back on Daf Yudalif in the Gemara and Shabbat in the first parak, over there the Gemara discussed davening when one is learning. Now, over there the Gemara says, How could it be? Torah, which is considered to be how could you interrupt learning to daven, which is simply chayeshah? So the Gemara over there distinguished between us, the regular folk, and Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai v'chavei Rav. That there is a distinction between people who, in their daily lives, interrupt their learning for other things besides davening. And obviously they should also interrupt their lives to daven. 
On the other hand, Rabbi Shimba Yochai Bechavirab, where Toratan Umunatan, that their Torah is their entire life. They don't interrupt their learning for anything. And over there, they should not interrupt their learning for davening. So that principle of not interrupting learning for davening applies to Shimon Bayuchai Bechavirav. The problem is that our Gemara over here says that they stopped to daven. So Tosafot back on Dafyudalf already raises this issue. And he says, wait a minute, how could it be that we're talking about Shimon Bayuchai who did not interrupt his learning for davening? We see that he did in the cave. He interrupted his learning to go daven. That's the whole story that we're reading now on Daf. I'm going to give So Tosavod back on Daf Yudalef answers that there's a distinction between Kriyat Shema and Tfilo. That when it comes to Kriyat Shema, which is Doraita right, I mean a Torah, over there, Rabbi Shimba Yochai did, Rechavirev did stop. They stopped their learning in order to say Kriyat Shema to Mekayim the Mitzvah Doraita. On the other hand, when it comes to Tfilah, when it comes to Dominic, which is only a Dinder Abanon, over there, they did not stop. So the explanation of the Gemara and Yud Aleph is they did not stop to daven, meaning that Shmon Esrei, they didn't stop to daven, because Toratan Umanatan. On the other hand, Kriyat Shema, which is a mitzvah doraita, and according to many also might be a Kiyom and Limura Torah, that they did stop the learning for in order to make the mitzvah doraita, and to continue, quote-unquote, in their learning, because Kriyat Shema is also a part and parcel of the learning. The problem with the answer of Tosafot is a Gemara in Brachot on Daf Ted Vovo Aleph. The Gilead Shows of Rekiv also points out this problem is that Tosafot in the Gemara in Brachot with discussion of whether washing one's hands for tefillah. Over there, the Gemara says it's not proper to wait to wash one's hands in order to, to daven. So some of the Rishonim wanted to make a distinction between Kriyat Shema and tefillah to say that they would be Me'akeh for one and not the other. Draw a distinction between Kriyat Shema and tefillah. Tosafot over there rejects that distinction and says that when we say matzleh, it means both Kriyat Shema and Tfilah. They're both included in that word. The problem with that is that our Gemara over here says umatzleh, that they daven. If they use the term matzleh, it sounds like they said Kriyat Shema and Tfilah, which would then negate the distinction that Tosafot is making on Tafkid Aleph in our Gemara. Just noting for you the difficulty with this Gemara, which is the fact that Rabbi Shimba Yochai over here, it sounds like he did daven, interrupt his learning to daven. Whereas on David Aleph, it sounds like that he did not interrupt his learning to daven. And again, the distinction and the answer that Tosafot gives on David Aleph is problematic based on the Tosafot in Brachot, who says there is no distinction to be drawn between Kriyat Shema and Tefillah. It might be that the difference might be like the difference between the Bavli and Yushalmi. Bavli in general puts precedence on Limud Torah, whereas Yushalmi in general puts primacy on Kiyuma Torah. Doing mitzvot Torah. And so here the Bavli, when speaking about Rabbi Shimba Yochai, says that how could it be that he would daven instead of being learning? Again, focusing on the primacy of Limud Torah, whereas the Yushalmi has a different version of the Gemara back on Yud Aleph, that the practicing of mitzvot is paramount even above that of Limud Torah. And therefore the story that we have here on Lambed Gilal might derive from a story in Eretz Yisrael, which is a story that always puts practice above Limud Torah, And that's why over here they would stop the Daven, even though they were full-time learning and Torah-tan umunatan. Itbu Shresar Shani Bemarto. They were there for 12 years in the cave. At Eliyahu become a Pitcho de Marto. Eliyahu comes and stands by the doorway of the cave. Avar man lodei lebar yochai demit kesar. Who's going to disclose to Rabbi Shema Yochai that the kesar has passed away? And the decree has been annulled. Who's going to tell him about this? I mean, he said it out loud. 
basically speaking to himself so that they would hear him. And then they knew there was time to go. Nafku, they left. Pazu inche the kakrabe bizarre. They saw people who were plowing the fields and planting. Amar, minichim chayola, moskim chayisha. How could they give up learning Torah and dealing with chayisha and dealing with the mundane matters? Everywhere they looked was consumed with fire. So what's interesting here is that there's a machloket in the Gemara and Daf Lamed Hay in Brachot between Rabbi Shimba Yochai and Rabbi Shmuel about what's the proper way to conduct oneself in life. Over there, Rabbi Shimba Yochai says that you should learn Torah. And if you learn Torah, Hashem will take care of your needs. That's what we learned from the Psukim, that if you listen to what Hashem says, you do keep the Torah, Hashem will provide. Others will do your bidding and your work and provide for you. And Rabbi Shema Yochai is a living example of that. He was in the cave. And he was provided for by Hashem. So when they come out and they see the people working, they can't understand it. How could you be working? If you just learn Torah, Hashem will take care of you. Rabbi Shemal over there says, No. That you have to be Kader Haaretz, you have to plant, you have to harvest, and you have to have a mixture between living in the mundane and the regular world, plus learning of Torah. Gemara there says, Harbein Asuka Rabbi Shema Yochai Atabi Adam. Many people tried like Rabbi Shema Yochai and failed. Harbein Asuka Rabbi Shema Atabi Adam. Many people tried like Rabbi Shema and it worked. And that this practice of Rabbi Shema Yochai was for the unique individuals like Rabbi Shema Yochai and his son. But when they exit from the cave, they're thinking, why isn't everybody doing like we're doing? So of course, God sees this. You came out of the cave to destroy my world. Get back in the cave. Back to your cave. You can't come out to do this. They stay back there for another 12 months, for a full year in the cave. Mishayim are judged in Geinom for 12 months. That's the practice to say Kaddish for only 11 months instead of 12 months is not to indicate that an individual is in Kehinom for the 12 months. That's why people stop saying Kaddish after 11 months after their parent has passed away. It's a time to come out again. Velazar was still a little bit, uh, he was a young whippersnapper, still a little bit of a heated individual and everywhere he looked, he destroyed but Rav Shemba Yochai was more mature, where he looked, he was able to cure it. I mean that he was the offset to his sin, Rabbi Elazar. Amar lo b'ni, daid olam ani va'ata. The world is enough with me and you. It's interesting, the Gemara in Sukkah, Daf Mem Hey, says over there that, b'nei ne'emana, b'nei emuna are very few. And over there, Rabbi Shemba Yochai says, if there are only a hundred, my son and I, Rabbi Elazar, are amongst them. If there are only two in the world, my son and I are those two. Of the Bnei Ne'emana, Bnei Emuna. It says over there, Rabbi Shimba Yochai says, It was up to me, I could save the world from the day I was born till today from any sin. If I have Rabbi Lazar, my son, with me, I could save the world from creation until today. If we had Yotam, Ben Uziyahu with us, which is one of the Malchei, uh, Beit David, who is an Anav, three of us together could save the world from the rest of humanity from any sin. So that's this statement over here that the world has enough. Between the two of us, we can carry the entire world. Right? Gaimba is overstepping your bounds. This is knowing who you are. Rabbi Shemba Yechai knew who he was. He was carrying two bundles of myrtle. Rahit, and he was running Benesh Mashot. was going into Shabbat, and he's running with these two bundles of myrtle. Why do you have these two bundles? Shabbat. Says, I brought them for the Chobot Shabbat to have what beautiful smelling things in the house for Shabbat. But Tiskelach Bachad, why did you bring two? Why don't you only have one bundle? Chad Keneged Zachor, Chad Keneged Shamor. One to represent Zachor, one to represent 
Shamor. That's why we practice to light two candles on Shabbat. Comes from this idea of Echad Keneged Zachor, Echad Keneged Shamor. The requirement of Shabbat candles technically would only be to light one to give light in the house. To light two, that practice comes from this idea of Zachor Vishamor, from this statement over here. Look how wonderful, how beloved mitzvot are to Klai Yisrael. Yativ datayu. They were placated with that. And with that, they were able to return to realize that even people who are osik b'chayishah can elevate the chayishah to be of chayobam. So here they took this bundles of myrtle. A regular individual was elevating them to do something special with them on Shabbat. Shama Rabbi Pinchas ben Yair Chatnei. So Rabbi Pinchas ben Yair, his son-in-law, heard about it. V'nafek lapei. He went to greet him. Alalei beibani. They went into the bathhouse together. Havikarech lei the bisrei. He was stretching out from Shimba Yochai's skin, his father's skin. He saw that there were wounds, calluses in his skin, because of their sitting in the sand all those years. They sat in the sand. was crying. The tears were falling onto these wounds, or to these sores, and it was causing pain, because the salt water from the tears was causing pain. Pinchas Benir says, Woe that I see you in this condition. Then Rabbi Shimon Chai responds to him, Ashrecha Shiritani Bekach. Praise be that you saw me in this state. Shimalei lo ra'iti Bekach lo matzata Bekach. Because if you didn't see me in this condition, you won't see me having what I have today. To me, Kara, originally, Ka'ava Makshi Rabbi Shimon Yechai Kushia. When Rabbi Shimon Yechai had a question, of him, Mepharikle Rabbi Pinchas Yechai, Tresa Piruke. And Pesachas ben Yair, his Talmud and his son-in-law, would have 12 answers. So, now after they've been in the cave for those 13 years, when Pesachas ben Yair had a question, he had 24 answers for it. So he had grown tremendously in Torah because of those years. So he says, my physical condition belies the fact that I spent that time learning Torah. It says, God performed a miracle for me, He saved me. Took care of me. Let me do something positive for society. Just like Yaakov Avinu. When he comes to Ir Shem, it says they came Shalem. Shalem that he came back. He was whole. That Lavan and Esav had not killed him. Shalem b'mamono. He still had all of his possessions with him. Shalem b'torato. And he hadn't forgotten him his Torah. Similar to what Rabbi Shimba Yochai is describing over here. It says, And then he camped on the entrance to the city. So Rashi says here the word Yvayichan comes to the word Chain, that he did something pleasing. So not just a camp, but he did something pleasing. Also it says there, Vayikain et Chalkata Sadeh, that he purchases a plot of land. So Rashi says maybe the word Vayikain over there means Tikkun, Vayikain Tikkun. So one of those two words indicates that he did something. Amarav, Matbea Tikkun Lehem, that he coined a new coin for them. He put up marketplaces for them. He did something positive for society at large. That he put together bathhouses. Interestingly, it matches up with the items that we mentioned before that Rome did. Where Yaakov's doing them and we're ascribing them Litova because he did it to give thanks to a Baruch Hu and therefore he benefited society at large. So this is the proper way to go about doing such a thing. So then, Amar Ika Milta Debaile Tune. So he says, ask around, is there something I could do to help society? There's this place that is, has safek tumah, and it's in a main thoroughfare, 
and the Kohanim have to circumvent it in order to go there. It's a really, it's a difficulty for the Kohanim. Are there any individuals who know that at any point in time that this area was known to be Tahor? One is elderly gentleman said, Kan Kitzetz Ben Zakai, Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakai, over here, Tomusei Chuma. He cut up Tomusim Lupines of Chuma over here, which is clear that this area was Tahor. Avod Iu Nami Hochi. Rabbi Shimba Yochai did the same thing. It's questionable what it means he did the same thing. Rashi says he did the same thing here. He cut Lupines of Chuma in that area. Tosafot says that Avod Nami Hochi is that he also did a Tikkun like Yaakov Avinu. That he also established something over here. So, the Gemara here says, wherever the, the ground was hard, he was metayer. Every there that the ground was soft, he demarcated as being tamay. This is a test that's brought by the Gemara Nida, about how you figure out whether the land was dug up or not dug up. Here the Gemara describes they brought sheets full of water, soaked sheets, and they placed them over the land. And then, look at there again, Rashi and us what exactly what happened. But when the land is hard and has not been tilled or dug at all, the water does not seep from the sheets into the ground. So you know that that is virgin land. Whereas when it goes into the land, is absorbed by the ground, then you know that that was already dug up. And that's how they knew. Areas that were dug up, he was mitameh. He was mitzayin. Areas that weren't, he was mitayer. Amaru Saba. That Saba, that gentleman said, who had told him before that, Rabbi Yochai Menzake had said this, Tier ben Yochai Beitak Varot. And Rabbi Shimba Yochai has now made a cemetery tahor. So, Amalei, Ilmalei, Haita, Imano. Had you, it should be with the Lamed Aleph over here, if you had not been with us, had you been with us, and then not joined in the vote to decide what to do, then, there we could let you go. So, if you were not with us when we decided on this, or even if you were with us, but you did not join in the vote to decide about it, then, then that would be fine. Then that would be fine. You were with us. And you were amongst the votes. Whether you voted against or not, but you know that the majority voted that it was Tahor. Even the low lives, meaning the harlots, take care of each other. They prepare each other's hair. They take care of each other. Shouldn't there be kavod between How could it be that you are speaking disparagingly about me, what I did? If you know that that was the decision of the Chachamim, where is your basic kavod Chachamim? He looked at him, gave him one look, and he passed away. Nofok the Shuka, he went out to the Shuk den. Chazi Yehuda ben Gerim. Guess who he bumps into? Yehuda ben Gerim. What do you mean? This guy's still alive? How could he be still alive after all the pain he caused me? He looked at him, but so galshal at He turned into a pile of bones. So here, Rashi says literally that he turned into a pile of bones because of the difficulty that he caused Rabbi Shimba Yochai. The Rabbi Utam in the previous Amud says that it was Rabbi Yehuda ben Kerim. And when it says Galat Samot over here, he says, that he passed away. It didn't turn into a pile of bones, which is a very negative terminology. Just that he passed away because Rabbi Shimba Yochai was angry at him. There are many stories in the Shas where Rabbi Shimba Yochai gets angry at somebody and they die. And that's not a rare occurrence. So same thing over here. Galat is a very negative term. It also appears in Baba Bacha and other places there. Some people like the Gra say it's not literal. It doesn't mean he turned into a pile of bones. It means that he died or something detrimental happened to him. We'll stop over here with the end of the story and start with the Mishnah tomorrow.